Alleluia. Christ is risen. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus is involved in a, confront- in a confrontation with the Pharisees. He had just healed a man in chapter 9. He healed a man who had been born blind. He made mud out of spit and dirt, and he rubbed it on the man's eyes. And then he told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, where he would receive his sight. So the man did, and it worked. And the Pharisees confronted the man and asked him, who performed this work and how? And when he told them that it was a man named Jesus, they were none too pleased, seeing that Jesus had performed the miracle on the Sabbath and seeing that they had already rejected Jesus as being who he said he was. So after questioning the man twice and not receiving the answer that they wanted, they put him out of the synagogue. They removed him from the religious life of the community. They kept him from hearing God's word. Now, because of their behavior and because of their rejection of Jesus, he called these men blind. Claiming to see the truth, they had become blinded by their own unbelief and by their constant obscuring of God's word through which God's people hear his voice and respond to his leading. The Pharisees thought that they were following Moses by being obedient to the laws about the Sabbath. But rather than hear God's voice through Moses and responding by keeping the commandment according to what God intended through that commandment, they added to God's word by insisting that Jesus was not allowed to be merciful on the Sabbath. It'd be like you coming to church this morning and somebody asking for something from you, like a piece of bread or a little bit of change to buy something, and you saying, sorry, I'm on my way to church. By adding these restrictions on God's word, they muddied the waters of God's intentions for his people. They attempted to drown out God's voice. But Jesus was there that day to teach them and to teach us that it does not work that way. Thus we hear in John chapter 10 about the parable of the sheepfold. Now in Near Eastern culture, they would have envisioned something right away. They would have envisioned this enclosure with walls made of stone or mud that are about eight feet high or so. And a shepherd would have led the sheep out to feed in the pasture by day and he would have brought them into the pen at night where they would be kept safe by the shepherd himself as he would lay across the threshold, making sure that nobody could get out and nothing could get in. And so Jesus continues to fill in that picture, that parable for them and for us. He says that the one who tries to get in the sheepfold by any way other than through the door, the person that climbs over the fence is not to be trusted. That person is a thief or a robber. But the shepherd enters through the door where the gatekeeper opens it to him. He calls the sheep by name and leads them out to graze. They follow him because they know his voice. Now the passage tells us today that they did not understand what he was saying to them which is a tremendous comfort to me because I often don't understand what Jesus is saying on first glance. 
And I'm also glad that this happens from time to time in the Scriptures because it usually means that Jesus is about to explain what he means by his words, as he does in this passage. Well, he made a couple of claims. First, he identified himself as the door of the sheep. The door of the sheep. Then he claimed that those who sought to lead God's people apart from the door were thieves and robbers. Whenever Jesus talks about those who came before, those who came before refer to the false shepherds of Israel that God had constantly warned about through the prophets. There's that famous passage in Ezekiel 34 where God promised that he would be a shepherd for his people, that he himself would go out and find them, he would bring them back, he would lead them, he, he, he. He would do all of these things. And how was he going to do it? He was going to do it through a shepherd from the house of David. Sound familiar? He would deal with those crooked shepherds who made the water dirty with their feet so that the sheep could not drink the pure water. And just one verse after we stopped in our reading today, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. That's what today is all about. He is not only the door in the parable, but he is the shepherd as well. The shepherd leads the sheep by his voice. He doesn't drive them. He doesn't force them. But he goes before them and he calls after them and they follow. This is opposed to the robbers, whose only goal is to jump over the fence and kill, steal, and destroy. Now, here's what's so rich about this conversation that Jesus is having with these men. He is telling them that they are the false shepherds in the parable. They are the ones who are attempting to jump over the fence and harm God's people. They are of the same stock, the same lineage, the same blood as those false shepherds in Israel's day. Those guys that led them to, into idolatry, the, the ones that took advantage of them, that uh, overcharged them, that did all of these things that brought harm to God's people. And these guys, these Pharisees, were so blinded by their unbelief that they could not even discern their own wicked intentions. So this is not a case of just them being nefarious and mean and rude. They just truly were blinded and they didn't understand that this is what they were doing with God's people. They muddied the waters of God's pure, refreshing, soul-satisfying word and added to it their own filth. Now contrast those intentions with that of the good shepherd. Jesus' intentions are to call his sheep by name and to gently lead them by his voice and to feed and nourish them in the pasture to keep them safe from harm and danger. Now in the original context of this passage, whenever Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, he is originally speaking about the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Those were the sheep that were being preyed upon by the false shepherds. But Jesus would say later in chapter 10, verse 16, that he had other sheep that are not of this fold. He said, I must bring them in also. He's talking about the Gentiles. And if he's talking about the Gentiles, who is he talking about? You. 
right? He's talking about you and me. We were the sheep that were not members of that original flock, but who have now been brought in by the good shepherd through his suffering and death, through his resurrection. Why is that important? Well, it becomes important when we begin to work out the implications of this parable for our lives. Because if this is Jesus' intentions for us, if this is what he wants, what he desires to do for us, if he desires to call us by name, to lead us by his voice, to feed and nourish us in his pastures, and to keep us safe from all harm and danger, then how does he do it? That sounds good to me. I want that. How does he do it? He has called you by name in the waters of holy baptism. There he became your good shepherd who promises to never leave you nor forsake you. He led you beside still and pure waters, rich in grace and mercy because they were united to God's word His own voice that has been spoken over you, calling you his own son, his own daughter. Today, God spoke as he called Michael's name and brought it into union with his own, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God has made Michael one of his own lambs, and Michael knows the voice of his shepherd. And he responds, as he is the one who has been written in the Lamb's book of life. He speaks to you through preaching and through his word. As the small catechism teaches us under the third commandment, we shouldn't despise either preaching or his word because our shepherd gently leads us through these means. How much time do we spend filling our heads with false voices that attempt to subvert the voice of our shepherd? We listen to our sinful flesh that wants to treat God's commandments as oppressive. That same sinful flesh that refuses God's promises and doesn't want his forgiveness or mercy. We listen to the devil who, guess what? I'm convinced he doesn't even know your name. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient, all-knowing, or any of those things. He probably doesn't know much about you. Maybe the demons that he sends do, but he can't be everywhere at once. He does not care for us as our Lord does, and yet he's good at convincing us that we're better off outside the sheepfold. No harm or danger out there to worry about. We listen to the false teachings of the voices in our culture, the false teachings of the voices in our church. We like our ears to be tickled, but we don't realize the intentions of those voices. It's only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But your shepherd, your shepherd, has promised to gently lead you by his voice as he does so through the word, through the proclamation and teaching and reading of this word. He has promised that you get to graze upon the green pastures of the gospel where he feeds you daily with his mercy and his love. He has promised you a table 
that he prepares for you in the midst of your enemies, where he feeds you with his own body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. He has promised to keep you safe from the wolves, from the thieves and robbers in the sheepfold. He keeps you safe in the fortress that is the Holy Christian Church. So we pray today, the holy ark of the Christian church through which we are kept safe from judgment. And through the ministry of the word and the sacraments, you are protected from harm and danger. The attacks and the threats of the devil and all those competing voices in our lives. in the community of your brothers and sisters, as we confess in the creed, the communion of saints, in that communion, that community, you receive essential strength for your faith, not just for your faith, but for your life under the voice of your shepherd. And that's why we're here, isn't it? It's to hear and learn the voice of our shepherd. It's to follow him. It's to respond to his call and his leading. It's to follow where he leads. To graze upon his pastures and to be protected. Listen to me. Your shepherd has called you by name. And he has not forgotten it. Nor has he forgotten his promises to you. He will never forget. Here today, you have him as your good shepherd who will lead you every day, here and now, and unto eternal life. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs>